the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 12. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Hello, Tammy. How are you? I am good. I am good. I am still coughing. And, uh, but besides that, I am, okay, I'm going to live. There's a hundred percent chance that I will live. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I know. I'd be a big baby, but I will live. No, I don't think women are babies when they're sick. Sorry, guys. Um, you guys kind of hold the card for that one. <laughs> I think we're right. strong, real strong. So there might be a little bit of coughing in this episode because yeah. Sandra doesn't feel good and this is real life and we're not going to edit that out. We're just going to know that Sandra is not um, 100%. Yeah, I'm coughing. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I wanted to share, I went to the post office today uh-huh. and I picked up a couple things from my postmistress. One of them I opened and one of them I didn't. So the first one is the letter pod that I ordered from Amanda Grace. And I've talked about this before on this show. She is from Ireland and she makes these fantastic uh, monthly subscription, unique pieces of art that she mails out um, and that you get from across all the way from Ireland um, and across the pond, as they say, I guess. And I'm going to make a little ritual out of it and open it up later. I need some time and space for that and a cup of tea. Did mm. you get Did you get yours? I didn't get mine yet. I can't wait, though. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for it. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten it yet, though. But I did go to the mail today as well, although mm. my mail comes right up to my <laughs> door. Lucky. <laughs> you city folk. <laughs> Yeah, I had I got fun mail today too. What'd I got you get? perfume. So there is this company called Sage. Uh, their website. I just looked up their website. Their website's actually thesagelifestyle.com. But they have been. I I first found their perfume. Oh my gosh, a long time ago, like probably thirteen years ago. So they. It, it, it's a company that's been around for a long time and their perfume is like a it's like essential oils I guess probably blended together and it just comes in a tiny little like a tiny little roll-on mm-hmm. and they're all just oh god they're so good they're like amazingly good and I've been out for a while they're they're not they're not cheap but I mean, they're not the most expensive perfume you could buy either at all. And, um, but they are like, they're deliciously good. Like every time I wear one of the scents and there's several actually that I like, but every time I wear one, somebody comments like a good comment, you know, and it's, but it's not like a, 
it's not like, uh, you know, it doesn't sound, doesn't, you don't smell like you just stepped out of Macy's or whatever either, you know, like you walked through the perfume department at Macy's. It's not like that because it's essential oil. So it's kind of that, you know, it's kind of that yummy, earthy smell. Although some are floral and some are uh, more like musky or more amber, you know, kind of the earthier scents. Um, What's the brand name again? Sage. S A. G-E. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to have to look that up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find them? What was your, how did you stumble well, upon them? Well, when I lived in a small town outside of Austin for, I lived there for about six years, um, I, a really good friend of mine had, her store just recently closed and it was in Fredericksburg, Texas and her store was called Root and my friends, <coughs> my friend had the store and she had the best style. It was a, women's clothing store mostly but she had some accessory type things and shoes and even if some she even carried some home uh things as well things for your home as well but her tastes are just <coughs> excuse me impeccable and she carried the perfume there and um so there was a time where I had like five different scents like I had um there's one called Onyx is my favorite. There's another one called Amber that I had. Um, and there's one called Topaz that smells really good. I mean, mm. they all smell just really, excuse me, really, really good. I'm I'm less of a floral person. I, I, I appreciate that smell on other people, like the super floral smells. But I'm more of like the earthier kind of smell person, like sandalwood or... Even some patchouli blends or amber. And um, so anyway, the one I got in the mail today is called Garnet. And I was even looking to see what they say the notes are. I'm looking on their website right now too. Gardenia, amber, vanilla, and musk. And it just, they just, they're outstanding. They smell so good. Is this I'm telling the, the you, Sage Lifestyle? Is that the website? Sage Lifestyle. Uh-huh. <sighs> Look how pretty everything is. Yeah, I can right? see why you like that. Yep, they're pretty, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when I um, so after I had Grady, my body chemistry just changed. This is when I also my doctor informed me I was allergic to wine, and um, you know I don't listen to that. But um, <laughs> the perfume when I would smell perfumes, I was allergic to that too. I used to collect perfume bottles. I loved perfume. I loved shopping for perfume. I loved just how pretty it was and displaying it. And um, after mm-hmm. I had Grady, I could not wear perfume anymore. However, oh, that's a bummer. I, I've been using roll-on essential oils on my wrists and I don't have mm-hmm. any reaction to that. So it looks like these are made with um, essential oils. Too. Yeah, these are made with essential oils. So okay. they, they're, not, they're not, yeah, they're not like your... Now I know that like regular perfume that you buy in a department store is prob- has oils as well, but mm-hmm. this these smell more like a, an essential oil than... Okay an essential oil blend than, um, than like a, a department store perfume. So you just treated yourself. Okay. So what's I the, did. what's the scent that you got? That, that in I the got mail? garnet, hmm. but the, the, I, I probably will get onyx, um, 
again because that's the one that I just ran out of. And I thought I would try a one that I hadn't tried in a while, which is Garnet. I've had I've had many of them over the years, but mm. I hadn't had Garnet in a while. So I picked up Garnet, but I may just have to go back and get Onyx again too because it's, it's my absolute favorite. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that looks like out. a little treat yourself. I like that. Yeah, it is a treat myself. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the weekend, I went um, with our friend Natalie to the Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, which I'd been about a month ago, um, to see Danielle Laporte do her White Hot Truth book tour. And so... I didn't know anything about Danielle Laporte other than she does some truth bomb cards that I look at and I see people post things from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen planners that she makes, which I love me a planner. So I, I've seen those, <coughs> but I've not read anything of hers. I don't, um, I tried listening to her once. She did like some little videos on Facebook, I think. And I just, it was, too, it was, I think you've talked about it. Your dance card being full of teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things like my dance card was full of teachers and I couldn't hear another one right now. But this summer I've, I've um, kind of vowed that I was going to dip into some teachers and books and people that I've been resisting. And so she's kind of one of those that I'd been resisting. So um, I signed up and went and it was really great, really great. Um, she talked about the, you know, not the she wasn't anti-guru but she was kind of talking like you can only have so many teachers basically and right. who, and who mm-hmm. your true and who your true teachers are and what you know what a true teacher is and 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 um her definition of course and they she had a great play mix going on in the church of michael jackson and stevie wonder and she cussed a little bit so that made me kind of like her all the more and her great mm-hmm. ca- canadian accent and her beautiful skin so it was all lovely and great and I'm glad that I opened up my mind and gave it a try because um it was it was good I haven't read the book yet it's sitting it's just sitting here next to me but um I will yeah yeah we've kind of talked about that we've touched on that before too I can my dance card can get full yeah yeah I it's uh, when I first got sober I couldn't fill up the dance card fast enough, you know, like I was just like, oh my God, there, there's another, there's, I'm learning that I was learning so much. I was just a sponge, but then, yeah, I kind of, I kind of had to cap it off. It's like, oh, okay. Now I feel good with just a few at a time, you know? Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, um, like all these different things that we're trying. Um, she sounds like she's tried them all, you know? Right. <laughs> And so it was a, she was self-deprecating. She was funny. She didn't, it wasn't like she was talking down to anybody that, you know, believes in, um, essential oils or shamans or, you know, she was like, done that, done that. You know, how do people raise their hands? You know, who has a shaman that they Skype with? And she was being funny about it. Like, okay, well, if you need to do that three times a week, there might be more going on here that you need to dig a little deeper. And maybe that's not the answer. And not that she had the answer. She was just kind of being self-deprecating about her own path, I think, of trying all these different alternative things was kind of the gist that I got. And um, it was good. For me, it was like more than seeing her. It was just the journey for me, traveling, anxiety, driving to San Francisco. Um, my travel wife, Natalie, who takes care of everything when I uh. travel, <laughs> 
she met me where we normally park and meet. And um, I get in her car and she has like an ice cold Perrier, a little slender can of Perrier that I like. And she's like, here, honey. I'm like, oh, you are the best travel wife ever. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know, parking structures freak me out. We found the right parking structure. And just doing those things with another person over and over kind of sounds silly. Probably people think I'm ridiculous, but I just can't do some of those things. Not that I can't. I choose not to do some of those things because they stress me out. And doing it with another person is always really great. So she was awesome for that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so we're okay. going to be, this is going to be our first interview today um, yeah. that we're going to share here. Um, but before we do that, I just want to say that we are, um, did a Recovery Gals Art Exchange. Do you want to talk a little bit since I've been talking so much? Do you want to say oh, anything? Um... Yeah, we have our next, um, well, we are doing our exchange this week, the summer solstice, and uh, this exchange is something that we started almost a year ago, can you believe it? Yeah. Um, where we enlist a group of of women in recovery that want to explore creativity or already do that for themselves. And we exchange names. We pick a theme that's kind of a recovery-related theme. And uh, you, you make a piece of art for the person that you've exchanged with. Uh, art can is loose. It can be... Uh, a graphic, a piece of graphic art. It can also be a poem or a song or uh, photography, um, a quilt. Am I leaving anything out? We've anything. Yeah. We've seen a lot of really cool things, sculpture. Um, and so, yeah, our next one um, is this week. And yeah. the topic was, the theme was abundance. And I can't wait to see what everybody's made. I know. I know. By the time this airs, we'll have, the summer solstice will have happened and we will, I think, um, have started the exchange. So as soon as people exchange, they start sharing it. Um, we'll be sharing it on Instagram with a hashtag recovery gals art exchange. Gals is plural. Recovery gals art exchange. And you can see some of the things that we've made in the past. Those are posted there. And um, if you want to participate in it in the future exchange, get in touch with us soon. We're going to be picking a new theme, and we'll announce that in, in the next couple of weeks of what that'll be for the fall. Uh, but I went to my post office, like I said, this morning, and I received my exchange from one of the um, the gals that I'm ex- I'm exchanging with two gals this time, and it is the most <coughs> beautiful, beautiful piece. It is um, it represents the solar system. It's a it's um how do I say. I want to, um, it's like an applique on this fabric of circles. She knows I love circles Mm -hmm. and it's the solar system with all these beautiful different patches of fabric and sequins and beads. And the back of it is just as beautiful as the front of it, which I'm sure a good quilter knows how to do, not me. Um, and it's great. And so the project that I made that I can share is that I made, um, my, I, I interpreted the theme abundance um, in through photographs, and I started looking back from when I was not yet sober, mm-hmm. and the lens that I started taking photos with. It was interesting to look back and see what I focused on, 
-hmm. I was trying to find beauty. I was trying to find abundance because I felt so kind of, you know, kind of spiritually bankrupt at the time and kind of empty. So it was really interesting to look back at all of 2014 and look at my photos and see what I photographed and what I zoned in on. I could definitely see a theme there. And uh, as I got sober, that abundance just, it just blew up. And so I made a small book using chat books and I did like 136 photos, I think, that would relate to anybody looking at them, that it wouldn't be personal. Like it wasn't my kid. It wasn't uh, my husband and I, it wasn't anything personal. They were all pictures that I think could relate to anybody that flipped through the book. So there's pictures of food and there's pictures of um, nature and um, just things that represented abundance to me. And um, I mailed those out uh, yesterday. Yeah. I'm glad to be done with it. Send it out wow. into the out into the world to them for them to. I didn't order one for myself. I should have, but I sent it out to um, the two gals that I'm exchanging with. And I just love the process of this project. It's it's good for me to do the making, and I hope it's good and cathartic for them when they receive it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, oh, I think it is. I mean, just the feedback that we've gotten from the, every from those that have participated in the exchange. It's good. Yeah. It's good for both on both ends. Um, yeah, mine is still underway, so it's going to be late, which is my theme, my constant theme. (laughs) Because you have so much abundance in your life, right? That's kind of, yeah. So I, I, I wrote a blog post about it. So I guess by the time this is up, my blog post will be up. People can go check it out. I tell you about my project and how I made it and a little bit more details and photos so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. And there'll be some links. Um, as people start doing their projects, I'll add links to the bottom of my blog post. So if they want, anybody wants to check that out, you can look at it on my new website, uh, um, newly designed website, uh, TammySalas.com. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay, well... We have uh, an interview to get to. That's right. That's right. Do you want to tell our listeners about her? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do that? I'm happy. So we have uh, Carly Benson coming up. And Carly is the founder and creator of uh, Miracles Are Brewing, which is her website and blog. Um, She is a re She's a fully recovered addict turned faithful believer in miracles and God, writer and habit-busting life change activist, aspiring to motivate others to live alcohol-free. Um, she's also a sobriety master coach. She's a yoga instructor. And she's recently... Um, curating and has launched an event called Om Om I'm sorry <laughs> Om Vibes Only which is a conscious alcohol free gathering integrating yoga deep house music and mindfulness she also is a co-creator of Bloom which is a subscription based recovery club offering classes and a private online community busy girl busy beautiful <laughs> girl yeah yeah she's wonderful I'm super excited for our listeners to hear about all of these things that she's working on and how she's transformed her life through sobriety yeah it's very cool very inspiring interview and I'm so grateful that she took the time to do that with us so I hope everyone enjoys okay 
Here she Let's is. Let's get to it. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Sandra. Good. Hi. We have Carly Vinson on today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to talk to you. Um, we are We are just going to jump right in. I know you're on a little bit of a time limit, and um, so we're just going to get started. Will you tell us what your path to recovery was? You don't have to give every detail, but just maybe like what it was like and... Um, maybe tell our listeners how long you've been sober, what led you to that decision? Oh yeah, for sure. I can do that. I can, it's a long story, but I'll give you the short version. (laughs) (laughs) They always are, right? Right. Um, So in August of this year, I'll have nine years of sobriety. Um, yeah, August 17th, 2008 is my sober date and I've been sober from alcohol and cocaine addiction. Um, you know, I I started partying at a really young age, and so I think um, it just developed into, like, my curiosity developed into some really bad habits, and I, um, you know, I drank a lot all through college, and that sort of led me down the path of cocaine, and alcohol was kind of like the fuel to the fire, if you will, um, so, like, every time I would drink, I would have to find cocaine and it wasn't it was the thing that would keep you going right yeah yeah it was like we would laugh we'd call it the equalizer like where's the equalizer (laughs) um so I wasn't like um an alcoholic in the sense where I would black out and things like that I was in an I was an alcoholic in the sense that I just always wanted to keep the party going and that was my fuel for the fire um and so I had a series of sort of like unfortunate events, nothing crazy bad, but just like little seeds along the way, like towards (laughs) the beginning of 2008, um, before I got sober in August of 2008. And it was like little things, uh, well, not little, but (laughs) um, I, I went away to on a weekend in Miami and I just like went on a crazy bender and I actually ended up ODing at the end of that weekend. And after that, yeah, it was really scary, but not scary enough to make me quit. Right. Um, All my friends were like, I'm worried about you. This is not normal. Like you need to slow down. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. You know, that's what we do. I'm fine. Right. It's like I dodged that bullet. So I'm obviously fine. I'm good. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, um, and then like later and that was in March and then in May, I went to Vegas for a girl's trip and, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but needless to say, I got off the plane and got to my destination and realized I didn't have my wallet. So I had had some drinks on the plane and I'm not sure if I left it or someone stole it. Um, And either way, inevitably, it ended up in someone's hands. They ran up all my cards and I was like so pissed. And that just like sent me off to the races. And so the trip shifted in my perspective from a girl's trip to spend time with my friends to a let's get wasted and find cocaine trip. And I ditched them and like went to after hours. And after that trip, all my girlfriends were like, you're so selfish. You don't care about anybody but yourself and your drugs. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, all along I'm, I'm hearing things and I had people pulling me to the side here and there throughout this time span. Like you have, tr- you have a problem, you need to slow down. 
But what really got my attention finally was I was having massive anxiety and panic attacks, mm. um, like crippling panic attacks where like my arms were going numb and tingling. Mm-hmm. I've had I'm, one of those. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this sounds so familiar. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't really realize it until it got bad that obviously <laughs> you know, staying up all night and doing cocaine and drinking alcohol and smoking weed and doing whatever, um, was just feeding it. And, um, so I had all these little seeds planted along the way. And on August 17th was like the last day that I drank and used cocaine. And I, I'll just tell you a little bit about that night in a nutshell. Um, I had gone out, I I wasn't going to go out my girlfriend's like, come on, come on, let's just go to happy hour. And I'm like, fine, happy hour. And that's it which I had tried hundreds of times. And to just do happy turned. hour, yeah. And it always turned into sunrise. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock the next morning, I'm right. still up. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. I had a couple of <laughs> I was off to the races. I found some cocaine. I found someone to do it with. And then all of a sudden, it was like, again, 9 o'clock in the morning, like Groundhog Day, it felt like. And mm-hmm. I was running out of um, drugs and... I had already drank a ton and I just remember like I was smoking a cigarette on a balcony and I just was like, what are you doing? Like you did it again. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with you? Like, why can't you just be normal? And I don't even remember the guy that I stayed up with all night that night. And I just remember like thinking, okay, you don't have anywhere to sleep. You couldn't sleep if you tried, you shouldn't drive home. Like this whole story in my head that was like just this broken record. Mm -hmm. And I home anyways and I shouldn't have and I just felt like just I just felt horrible and I actually started to experience delirium tremens that day which I didn't know at the time that's what was happening but I was like hallucinating I was shaking Mm. I just was having my world was just getting rocked and um I called a friend and I was like I don't know what to do. He was two months sober. I'm like, how did you do it? I'm crying. And I, this is the first time I finally admitted that I had a problem. Right. He calmed me down and I got off the phone with him and then it hit me like, Oh shit. Everything has to change now. Like now that you see this and then I started crying, I started freaking out and I was not a spiritual person. I wasn't religious. I didn't go to church. Not that I didn't believe in something, but I just, didn't really know what I believed in. And I didn't have time for that. I was partying. I was like classic party girl. And something came over me that day. And I literally just dropped to my knees and I started praying. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right, but I need your help. Like I need to, I need help. Like I I can't live this way anymore. I just, I'm exhausted and I need a miracle. And if you're real, you, you got to help me. And I never drank or did cocaine from that day forward. Wow. That was it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love a good surrender, just on the floor story. Yeah. It was one of those like bathroom floor moments. I wasn't in my bathroom, but it was one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how, how old were you, Carly? Remind me at that time. Let's see. Um, I was, let's see, I was 27 at the time. Wow. And I had been going strong, like this party, like lifestyle for I mean, since I was a senior in college, so a while, like seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's funny. 27 is when I really started to drink. So that was 20 oh, years ago. So I'm real happy that you stopped at 27 because you're going to yeah, be so no kidding. <laughs> you obviously know how good it is. So I don't have to tell you yeah. that, but yeah. yeah. And that's why I started out saying I started drinking and partying at a really young age. I mean, I probably had my first interaction with alcohol when I was like 14. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah. It was like we passed a bottle of Goldschlager around that we stole from somebody's like alcohol parents' alcohol cabinet. But um, you know, so Goldschlager. I, I haven't thought about oh. Goldschlager in a while because right. <laughs> I like the gold sparkly things. I do, but that um, yeah, that was always in someone's house, right? <laughs> That's probably what got me. I was like, oh, look, that's pretty. I want to try that. Drink that pretty shiny thing. Well, and the fact that you just knew that it was not ever going to change, like you said, Groundhog Day, that's exactly what it gets to be. It's, it's It wasn't going to get any better. You, no. you, you weren't ever going to magically moderate that. You weren't ever going to just go to happy hour. Probably exactly. not. No, I had tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't go to too many extremes, but... In my mind, I had tried a lot. And and honestly, the other thing, too, was like, aside from the anxiety and the panic and the shame and the guilt of just doing it over and over again when I knew I didn't want to be anymore, it wasn't fun anymore. No. You know, it was like I was just constantly chasing something, but it just never was being fulfilled. It was like this mm -hmm. empty, empty high. It's a lot of work to recover, too, right? The next day? Yeah. And just oh, yeah. the planning and the plotting and then the <laughs> sleeping and then the needing to eat the gross food and then the hot shower that was the baptism for me always. And then let's do it again, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <watch> reborn. <laughs> and happy. And does anybody go to a happy hour that's just 60 minutes? I don't think so. It's always plural. It's always <laughs> yeah, hours. Like possible. If you can do that, like kudos to you, but I just, it's gotta be really rare. Yeah. That's like my, my husband, he can go to a happy hour and really, be done. yeah, yeah. Gosh. I don't get it. I'll yeah. never get that, but, <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's a, um, I know to ask you to put everything all into just a few minutes, I know is, is hard, but, um, just to give our listeners a frame of reference too, because everyone's yeah. recovering from a different place and, um, and you didn't, you, so, so you, so I was going to ask you, cause this is a blog about, you know, recovery and creativity and kind of the marrying of the two. So we want to know what it was like, and that's, you just shared with us what it was like, but, um, I wanted to ask, um, you know, kind of a little bit about your creativity, because I know you are doing so many awesome creative things that I hope we can touch on, um, um, in this hour that we have together, but were you a creative kid? Did it start off? Did you have outlets for yourself? Um, you know, when you were growing up that you knew, um, how to yes. channel your energy. I was trying to think about that. I, I never really considered myself a creative person, um, to be honest with you, hmm. but there was little things along the way. Like I loved to dance and I did dance when I was younger and yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah. So dancing was kind of like my form of creativity. And it's funny because I write now and that became a creative outlet for me to sort of like channel my sobriety and my recovery and what I was learning. But what I didn't realize is that growing up, I was always writing. Like my dad always thought that I should be a writer. And mm -hmm. like, I always laugh because if you're one of my ex-boyfriends, you got like epic letters for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, it. I'm a letter um, writer too, Carly. I like that. <laughs> yeah. 
like, you know, I would just, and I would just sit and type and I just kind of always had like this thing for words, but I wasn't like a big reader. I wasn't a big like arts and crafter. So like my creativity wasn't, I guess, in like, you know, normal outlets that you would think of when you think of creativity. It was more, um, you know, writing and dancing, I would say. I always loved but, yeah. music. <laughs> You love dance and now you incorporate, and we'll get to this later, but you incorporate dance and in what you do currently. Were you, did you start, did your yoga journey start before you got sober or was that something that you did after? I found yoga after I got sober. After. When I had some free time <laughs> to, right. to fill. <laughs> right. Um, and I didn't really get into it until, um, a few years into my sobriety, to be honest, I had, tr I had dabbled with it and I liked it. And, um, I got sober in Tampa, Florida, and I actually kind of started doing Bikram there. Um, and then I moved from Tampa to Naples and I didn't really find a Bikram studio that I liked. And so I had been in Naples for probably like a year and this was probably three years into my sobriety. And someone invited me to a power vinyasa class and I was like hooked and it, you know, ever since then, <laughs> I've been practicing yoga. And you got teacher, you have teacher training, right? Um, yeah. 200 so, hour. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, so I, the, the studio that I started practicing at in Naples was, um, what's called a Baptiste certified studio. And Baptiste is a methodology of power yoga. So I, just fell in love with the style and the practice. It's very, um, it's very centered around like one breath per movement. You're constantly moving. You're constantly flowing. Like you leave those classes and you are drenched in sweat. Like it is a workout, mind, body, soul workout. And so um, I didn't really have that in mind when I started. I was just like, this is great. I need this. Like it was just every time I would get on my mat, I would just like wash away and rinse out all of like the obsessiveness in mm. my mind. Um, mm. And then um, I started thinking about, wow, I, this is really helpful to me for my recovery. So I should probably share this and add it on to what I'm already doing. So yeah, I went on to get my 200 hour training with the Baptiste Institute. And it, it's actually broken up into two sections. So you do level one, which is basically like 100 hours. And I did that in the summer of 2015. And then I did level two, which is the second half, the second 200 hours last um, October. And now I'm actually, so I have my 200 hours from them and I'm, you know, registered with the Yoga Alliance. And now I'm actually working on my Baptiste certification which is like the next step where I can actually say I'm certified to teach Baptiste. Um, I'm teaching it anyways, but it's kind of a nice designation to have. So yeah, right. yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I just visited you in Las Vegas and that's where you're at um, now. And so you've, you've been there about a year. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask, so I want to talk about all the things that you're doing there. But first, I wanted to ask, um, were you, did you have any reservations? Or were you worried about kind of that stereotypical Vegas environment that many people think of, including myself oh. when you before you moved there? Yeah, absolutely. And I had actually already been coming to Las Vegas for like, I had come here a bunch for work, but I had been frequenting Vegas for the last like two years prior to moving here because my boyfriend lives here. So I kind of had a feel for life in Vegas as I visited. Um, 
But at the time when I was visiting, my boyfriend actually lived on the strip. So that wow. would give me some anxiety because it's just right. so busy and like noisy and you can't really get away from it. And then when I moved here, we, we ended up off the strip. So, um, yeah, I a hundred percent had reservations, especially because it's, you know, it's such a party city and here I am like a sober chick talking about spirituality and doing yoga. And I'm right. like, well, am I going to fit in here? What am, what am I going to do here? And, um, yeah, so coming here, I was a little um, anxious about it. And also, I'm an only child. I'm really close with both my parents. I had just moved all the way across the country from Florida to Vegas, which is a huge move. And like, kind of like, I'm out of the nest. And mm -hmm. so I didn't really know anybody here either, which was a big, you know, thing that I had. And I'm like, is, is anybody going to want to hang out with me if I don't want to go pop bottles at the club? <laughs> right. <laughs> which obviously was not something I wanted to do. Um, and actually, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I got here and started taking yoga classes. I met a really cool um, girlfriend of mine who's actually become one of my best friends. And she invited me to a yoga experience called Silence of Asana. And it's really cool. You go and you do yoga and you put these headphones on and there's music. And the instructor is like awesome. He's like a... I always tell people he's like DMX meets Russell Simmons as a yoga teacher. <laughs> so, you just um, painted a picture. Yeah, exactly. And that is what it is like. And he's awesome. And so I, I walked into that experience kind of like, man, I don't know if I can live here. I don't know if I can call this my home. Where am I going to fit in? And that experience was like, whoa, this exists. And it was like all health conscious people doing yoga. It was music. It was like, you know, saying all my inspirational favorite quotes. And I'm like, wow, I can do this in Vegas. This is, mm -hmm. um, this is cool. Um, and so I got immediately plugged right into like the health and wellness scene and started teaching yoga and met a bunch of yogis. And I mean, it's, it's actually a really awesome place to live. There's so many options for things to do that don't involve partying. And then, you know, I love music. I love to dance. So if I want to do those things like a pool party or something, um, that's available too. So it's actually I, a really cool place to be. I love that. When I, when I was just out there a couple weeks ago when we were going to connect, and we've been trying to connect over my last few trips and we finally did it. And you invited <laughs> me to that opulent, beautiful Mandarin Tea Lounge. Yes. Oh, I love so place. beautiful. Thank you so much. That was just like a yeah. treat. I had a feeling it might be right up your alley. I love that place. <laughs> it worked out so perfect. Remember, like we didn't have a reservation. The people didn't, we, they didn't show this foretop. And so they, we just, just swooped right in on their little lounge area and the little couch and a beautiful view. Be. <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be. And that just, that showed me because, you know, you think about all the things about Sin City and you think about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And it just really, mm -hmm. um, since I've become sober, you know, my, my friends, my best friend moved out there with her family a couple of years ago and I've been hesitant to go as a sober person sure. and I've only gone to be with her, um, she got married in Vegas like 17, 18 years ago. That was the last time I'd been there until recently. So I kind of had all this stereotypical um, stigma stuff attached to Vegas. And it was right. all about my time there, my blackout times there, the just the times that I would have that were just 
you know, you're so parched. I'm so parched. That's all I think about is the desert. Like I felt like the desert when I was there because I would just I drink and be so dehydrated. Like I put coconut oil everywhere, hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was just wonderful to go with you and go, you know, you can totally, it's, it's a, anywhere, not just Las Vegas, but we can do this anywhere. You can choose. In Vegas too, you know, it's like everything's bigger and louder and brighter in Vegas. So it only makes sense that there's a scene, you know, there's a health conscious scene that's also bigger and brighter and, you know, there's, it just makes sense. It does. I was really pleasantly surprised and it was interesting because I was coming from Naples, which is this like beautiful beach town, but there's not as much to do. And then I got to Vegas and I'm like, I have to sometimes like pick and choose what I want to do. Reel it in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes I have too many things. Like that's why my, my schedule is tight today. Cause I get invited to so many different things and it's all great stuff. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, it is, it's like, it is what you make of it. And I think sometimes we forget that sometimes in like the places that we think are the darkest is where our light is needed the most. Hmm. For sure. I like that Carly. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a question segue into this. So I wanted to ask you the things that you're doing out there. Um, I know that the day that I was out there, you're going for kind of a big deal, um, interview. Yeah. Can you want to, do you want to share about that? Sure. Cause sure, I was yeah. excited for you, you know, I just I'm really so cool. excited. it's amazing how many things are kind of coming together here now that I sort of got clear on like my vision and things I want to create and do and all my this creativity that kind of was born out of my sobriety which I'm sure we'll dive into a bit more but yeah so with Silence of Asana um, I just started going all the time it was like this really cool movement that I just wanted to be a part of and I loved doing the yoga with the headphones and um, I just I just loved everything about it and so um, eventually like when you were visiting Tammy um, uh, that girlfriend of mine that I had met that invited me to the first one, she actually started working with Silence of Asana and, um, they have partnered with the Link Hotel and they teach yoga in the high roller, which if you've ever seen the skyline of Vegas is that big, like Ferris wheel looking thing, even though they oh, tell yeah. Not, it's not a Ferris wheel, it's an observation <laughs> wheel, and it's actually the <laughs> highest observation wheel in the world. Um, and so it is like the most amazing views of Las Vegas. You can see every direction of the whole entire city and valley. And so Silence of Asana partnered with them, and they actually teach yoga in those pods. That's and- crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. And they invited me to become a teacher for them. So I was going for an interview and kind of like a tryout with um, Caesars Entertainment, which is what owns the link. And I got it. And so, so congratulations. How how many people fit in that pod? So for yoga, we usually do up to six mats, but you know, obviously they. They have their party side to it too. And that thing can actually fit 40 people standing. So it's pretty decent oh. size. Wow. Um, can you imagine doing yoga in there and the view and the kind of the being suspended? That would feel really cool. 
is. And some people are like worried. I was worried about how my balance would be. But in yoga, they always tell you to find your drishti, which a drishti is a focus, like a focal point of something right. that's not moving. And even mm-hmm. though you're moving, your drishti can literally be anything. It could be Red Rock Mountain. It could be Caesar's Palace. It could be a pool. It could be a letter on one of the signs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and so I found that my balance was actually better up there than me standing and looking in a mirror that's <laughs> interesting that's cool. yeah that is, is so cool. cool experience so and that's what I'm actually going to do today is um I'm not teaching but I'm going to the high roller today because they're going to get featured on the travel channel so oh awesome be part of that so that's so exciting I like that it's called a high roller and you get to go do yoga like that's what I like because I think of something (laughs) totally different like leaving Las Vegas style um you know exactly that's what people conjure up but it's like this high roller is just could be this other awesome beautiful and you know peaceful thing too it really is and that's kind of what we focus on when we're teaching is like when you get up there to that highest point that's when we have you set your highest intention. Mm. Like what is your highest intention for your life and set it now while you're at the highest point you could possibly be. In I Vegas. love it. I love <laughs> that. That's so cool. Yeah. Cool. It's really awesome. I'm super excited to be with, with that team now. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Sandra. Yeah, go. Well, I was just going to say, so you, you write a blog, you ha- have a blog called miracles yes. are brewing. And, um, how long have you had your blog? So let's see, I started miracles are brewing, um, in 2012, but I didn't tell anybody about it. Hmm. <laughs> of course. Secret I, blog. Yeah, we right. know of, we know of these. Exactly. <laughs> I will because it's nerve wracking to put yourself out there. And I had taken this writing class, and I was kind of enjoying writing, and I was writing about what I knew, which was my sobriety, and like I shared it with a couple people, just some of the you know word docs that I had, and they're like, oh, this is really good. You could you could probably help some people with this. So, yeah, I knew about internet marketing and blogs and websites and all that stuff just from what I had been doing in my career. Um, so, yeah, I started the blog in, like, late 2012. I didn't tell anybody about it. And then I finally, like, went public, quote, unquote, meaning I shared it on my Facebook page in April of 2013, and that's kind of when it started to just grow arms and legs. And <laughs> it's been quite the journey. <laughs> How did that feel when you posted that the first time? Was it ner- oh were you gosh. nervous? And I was like sweating and pacing around the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, should I take it down? What if they don't like it? What are they going to think? And it wasn't even that like thought-provoking dealing or yeah it wasn't even that it was just like uh, I, I feel like um I think the first thing I ever shared was an article I wrote I believe dot 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 and then it was like a series of like I don't know 20 or 30 things that I believed and so it wasn't really vulnerable but just sharing something that you created I mean you guys mm-hmm. know yeah it takes a lot of guts to put your work mm-hmm. out there so yeah I was like pacing and even for a while after that every time I would push publish I would have this like jolt of you know um which I I don't really get that anymore but uh, because I just know whoever's supposed to read it will read it um but in the beginning yeah it was very nerve-wracking 
Yeah, yeah. same here. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> I think totally. only until recently since I've, I've kind of, um, I, I've letting other people put their words basically on my site, you know, by interviewing them. So they're not really my words. Um, that has felt, uh, like to be a channel for that doesn't make me nervous. I always am grateful to other people for, for doing, cause I think they must feel the feeling that I used to feel right. I hit publish and I'm like proud of these women that I share their stories, but I think how they must feel that day. Cause I remember that. I remember like the first time doing an interview or writing for Sandra's blog. I felt so like excited, nervous, exposed, all of it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And you guys are both so creative and like, it looks like it comes so natural and I'm sure that's kind of what people always think, but yeah, we do have that human element inside of us still where it's like, all right, here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Publish. (laughs) But there's that feeling like I, was sharing with some women um, just last night, like when we use our voice in whatever medium that we do that in, whether that's, you know, on a painting or, you know, actually using our physical voice or writing, it's like you're seen and heard and there's some kind of, you know, beauty to that. It's a release, you know, that you can be seen by others and that you're heard. There's some kind of calming agent for me that happens, you know, that's why it's good to have community and connection and, um, it's really important in sobriety for sure. Absolutely. Especially when someone, um, contacts you and is like, wow, I needed to hear this today, or I feel the same way or whatever it might be when, when you just kind of know that you, your heartstrings touched there for a second. It's right. It's really an, an awesome thing to, to be a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's almost like a side bonus for me too, because a lot of a lot of the things that I write, I just have to get it out of my head. Yes. It has to get out. <laughs> That's when you know. Somewhere. That's yeah. when you know. It's like I have to do this. Like I don't mm-hmm. care if I make a million dollars. I don't care who sees it, but it just has to come out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Seen and heard. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I saw, I think on your site, or it must have been on your site about a new event that you're starting called Ohm Vibes. Ohm Vibes only. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited about, about that. Vibes. It looks it, so fun. It is like the culmination of everything I love. Uh, and that's what it seems like. It seems like just everything Carly. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'll tell you kind of how that, I've always had this idea eventually of like doing events. I wasn't sure if it would be workshops or retreats or like sober events or what, but I've always kind of had that and tucked away in the back of my mind. And um, not that long ago, like this year, right before I kind of like kicked this off and was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> I um, I went to a, to do a float. Have you ever heard, heard of that? Like where you do a deprivation chamber? Yes. And floats? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? I haven't no. tried it yet. There's one right a mile from my house, too, and I haven't tried it yet, but I'm dying to. It's so good. So the whole, it's like this pod, um, and it's filled with water, and then it also has Epsom salt in it, like pounds and pounds of it. I don't even know how many. So when you get in there, it's very buoyant, and you're floating, and you're in there for like an hour. You can go longer if you want, but typically it's an hour. And so anyways, I had gone, and I was floating, and I got into this meditation, and I kind of was asking myself, like, 
what is it that makes you feel the most joy and like makes you feel the most alive and yoga came to the top of the list music came to the top of the list um you know speaking and sharing my truth came to the top of the list um dancing came to the top of the list and I'm like all right I need to do more of that like I was just Mm -hmm. hungry to do more of the things that made me feel alive and um I started thinking about it and I was like I kind of think I want to start doing some sort of like deep house yoga event like a conscious happy hour style thing and one day I was like trying to find names for it and I was like looking around and you know I was here like good vibes only and I was like oh what about own vibes only and sure enough the domain was available oh that's awesome (laughs) I was like boom that's it (laughs) I love it and so yeah that's what it is own vibes only um it's basically a thing that I'm doing where we create conscious gatherings and it integrates yoga sound which comes in the form of deep house music because that's like my love and just mindfulness and really they're events that are curated to cultivate really intentional living high vibes and next level connection because you know um they're alcohol free events usually there's no alcohol yeah yeah no alcohol and they usually incorporate juices um yoga deep house and um it really helps people to realize that you actually can get high on your own supply and Mm, leave that that event feeling so full because, you know, like we'll do an hour of deep house yoga and I kind of take them through um, some inquiries inside of the yoga session. And then we do an hour of like conscious happy hour where I tell them, please don't talk about surface level things like talk about, your dreams, your visions, projects that you're working on, how we can support you. And like, let's come together and really connect on that sort of level. And um, I think there's just so many people who are hungry for that. No small talk. No small talk. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know about the Daybreaker events and those things have just exploded. They're everywhere. And actually, they've been a huge inspiration for me. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, They do a lot of, like, themed early morning dance parties, and that's awesome. Um, And these are kind of, at least for right now, um, they are mostly just, like, yoga, conscious happy hours. We're going to start incorporating some dance stuff into it. But, um, yeah, I love what they're doing. Um, And so I just kind of saw that and how it was blowing up, and it was like, okay, this is a clear indication that people want more ways to connect with people besides the bar and the nightclub where you don't even remember what you talked about, you know? And it's cool because it's, it, it brings together a nice mixture of people. So we've got people coming in from the yoga scene. We've got people coming in from the, the deep house music scene. And then we've got people coming in, um, just locally that want another outlet to connect with people and you don't have to be sober to come it's mostly just understanding that there won't be any alcohol and it's cool because you might have somebody who's kind of sober curious or on the fence and then they realize wait a minute this is actually not so bad (laughs) or people that just find relief um you know to have an option of an event for an event to you know go to that that doesn't serve alcohol. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's really taking off. Um, we've been doing it at this local juice bar that just opened up here. And so um, we have like almost sold out the last couple of events. Um, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> so we're actually looking at some, some other venues and kind of expanding it. I mean, ultimately the goal would be to sort of like bring this around to other cities and you know, work with, you know, some of like people like you that are sober bloggers or in the community and kind of like bringing it into your community and allowing <laughs> that experience where other people live that want to experience that too. So that's kind of I the vision see for it. it. I could see it being huge. Carly, I could see yeah. it being yeah. oh, so exciting. Thank you. Yes. I, um, you know what it is? It's just, it makes me feel alive. It brings me joy. I, I love working on that project and those events and teaching the yoga and sort of like working with the local DJs, which we're starting to bring in now to sort of help take people on the, the journey of yoga with Deep House. Um, it, it becomes kind of like a very meditative experience and I'm super excited about it. So well, thank I'm you. curious about it. And I think that, I mean, I love when we, when we were talking, when I was um, having tea with you, like we just talked about Sandra's name at journal and just about doing these things in our lives that we think about all these great ideas, right? When we're drinking and not executing them. And now that we're yeah. sober, we get to actually execute them. It and, is the and, coolest thing. <laughs> and there's always a tiny bit of fear I know with new things, right? But that fear doesn't seem to stop us. Or, you know, if, if we can name it, like Sandra said, you know, you put a name to it and then you just thought about it in that float tank. And we're like, this, I, I identified these four things. Now I'm going to do something with that. And that you can take yeah. action. Yeah, it's like what you said, Sandra, was like, I have to do this. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was a non-negotiable for me. And it's something I always wanted to do, but now I felt like I was in the space and the place and the environment to make it so. And um, it really is kind of neat now to watch my own creative process. Like, it might start, like you said, Tammy, as a something in a journal or a meditation or just like... I have, you know, my creative juices are always flowing now and, and then to just kind of watch it come to life. And I think we talked about that too, Tammy is like just taking action anyways. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think sometimes, um, with creatives like ourselves, we can get stuck in perfection and not right. can really hold us back. And I've, I've really learned a lot this year about just going for it and just starting it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. Like yeah, you can perfect <laughs> it along the way. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's this podcast. <laughs> if we hadn't yeah. started, you know, you wouldn't get to, to move forward here. And that that's a great segue because Sandra and I are collaborating, but I wanted to talk to you about your collaboration and you recently launched this collaboration with Kelly Fitzgerald. Um, this, um, our junk, is she going by Yunko? I, I think know. her I'm pen sorry. name is still Fitzgerald. Thank you. Um, so, so Kelly, yeah, from the Sober Senorita. Sober Senorita, yes. yeah. And there you, so, and you recent, you recently launched Bloom, and it says it's a yeah. virtual coaching program that offers online classes and community. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your passion project here with Kelly. Absolutely, she is just such my homegirl. It's so crazy. We met on the internet, like we literally met. I well, I stalked her a little bit. <laughs> I stalked Sandra, so that's how it all begins. <laughs> yeah. And 
well, she moved like um, 20 minutes north of me when I was living in Florida and I saw her post a picture and I had already seen her blog that, you know, went totally viral about one, uh, her one year without drinking. And um, yeah, I hit her up and we had sushi and it was like, we had already like known each other. Like we just knew immediately probably so much like what happened for you and Sandra is we we were going to work together at some point and talk about a creative process for the bloom club this um we wrote an ebook together and it was such a labor of love we wrote it for like probably seven or eight months and it was just an ebook called how to quit drinking and um we worked on it and we launched it and it was just a free resource. We just were like, how can we be of service to people? How can, how can we answer the questions that we get through our blogs all the time? It's like, how did you do it? Um, how did you quit? Like, what did you do? And so we just, that's what we wrote about. And after the ebook came out, we were like, well, now what should we do? And <laughs> put our heads together and I'm not sure whose idea it was, but we came up with the idea of doing um, a challenge. So we issued a challenge called one week, no drink. And we took people through a week of not drinking. And so some people who were already sober did it because they wanted community and just kind of amp up their sobriety. And then some people did it who wanted to quit drinking, but didn't know where to start. Right. Got a huge response from that. Mm. And at the end of the challenge, we're like, man, it kind of feels like a disservice now to leave these people hanging. What should we do? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we didn't have any of this planned, by the way. I love it. That's the best way to do things is just follow follow the crumbs, follow yeah. the breadcrumbs. It was completely organic. So we literally had started, we just put an event in there called, in uh, Facebook called One Week No Drink. And um a lot of people were kind of hesitant to post in the event because it was a public event. So we didn't make a private group. So at the end of the challenge, we put a survey in there and we asked people like, what would they want to see next? Would they want another ebook? We asked if they would want a podcast. We asked if they would want like a private group with monthly classes. And it was like an overwhelming response that people wanted a private group and monthly classes. So Mm. the club was born. So we I literally love it. Set up in like a week. <laughs> we just wow. were like, "All right, this you have to do." So, That's a lot of work. Um, but I'm kind of an uh, an internet nerd, <laughs> so <laughs> it worked out. That was <laughs> I, in your I wheelhouse, yes. It was in my wheelhouse. It was in my lane, and so yeah, we launched the Bloom Club, and that's what it is. It's um, it's kind of just a response to the culmination of our projects together. And it's so cool working with Kelly. Like we just work so well together. Um, it, it's really amazing. And we've had a great response for the Bloom Club and we're um, perfecting it as we go. Like we just, we're like, all right, let's do this. We didn't, you know, we didn't really even have a plan or microphones or how are we, what are we going to use to record <laughs> it? How are we going to do this? And we just figured it out as we went, which I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. And it was yeah. Great. Um, and so, yeah, we do bi-monthly classes. We have a private like secret group, um, where people can share and talk about what's coming up for them. We give homework assignments. Um, you know, obviously we provide sort of like virtual coaching, if you will. And then we actually are starting a book club. Um, that's just going to be included in it for July where we'll read a book together and we're doing this naked mind for the first book, which. Oh, by Annie Grace. 
a good read. Yeah, Annie Grace. Mm -hmm. Now, is it men and women in your club, or do you, is it gender specific, or? It's open to anybody, awesome. and we actually have people in there who are sober. We have people who want to get sober, so um, it's it's a really neat mixture, and it's cool because everybody is sort of a stand for each other. Where yeah. everyone's supportive. You know, someone might post something that they're struggling with, and we all kind of chime in, and it's really nice. It's, Do you uh, find that uh, that a lot of your um, your clientele or the people those in your signing up for bloom are around your age or are they like what I would consider younger is a mixture yeah we have Be um because what I love mix. most about you and Kelly is that you guys are young and I just wish younger than that us. I would have found <laughs> yeah you're younger than us and I just wish that I would have found someone on the internet um there was no internet though when I was in my twenties, oh. but <laughs> right. you know, if I would have found someone that I could have looked up to like you ladies and just thought, God, they really have something I want. And, um, I just think it's such an, such important work you guys are doing for, um, a younger demographic. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, I guess we probably have a, a good amount of people that are like probably around our age, but we also have some people who are a little bit older, um, too. So it's a, it's a pretty decent mix and you're right. It is so awesome that we have these tools now with the internet and social mm -hmm. media, because when I first got sober, there really, I mean, we had social media, but there wasn't any of this rise of a sober culture like we're experiencing right now. And it's right. so awesome to be part of. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of our, on our, it was on our hearts. It was like our passion project of writing turned into being of service and really trying to create something that would help people. And so all the classes and everything in the Bloom Club, they're all recovery focused. Mm. Um, you know, so like we just did a class last night and we were talking about finding your why, like why it's important to find your why to quit drinking and then how that why can evolve over time like it has for both of us. And right. so we talk about stuff like that and just it's it's really awesome to be able to pour into people. I oh, love it. Well, Thanks for doing that work. That's important yeah, work. Yeah, we will uh, link up you all guys. that information um, in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, well, you. we know we have to let you go soon. So why don't we jump into our um, the segment of our show where we do um, our unruffled toolbox, where we share yeah. three things in our life that either can be creative um, <laughs> related or sobriety related or the three things in your kind of your go-tos that, that you pull out when you need to feel calm or, or, um, yeah, put yourself in a little different state of mind. I love this. Oh, good. Box. What a great <laughs> name. And just yeah, fact that means calm. I love it. Yeah. You know, cause especially someone, uh, from, from someone like me. And I think probably a lot of your listeners who struggled with anxiety, finding calmness is, mm -hmm so important um you know just and that's why we always talk about self-care and recovery like it's not about being selfish it's really about taking care of yourself and being able to find that calmness and get unruffled so yeah, right um obviously i think 
it's pretty clear my, my <laughs> number one go-to is yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'd love to tell you that I have like a private practice at home, but I don't. Um, I'm so busy with teaching and events and things like that, that I, I really want to work on my private practice. But I'll tell you what, when I get to a class and I get on my mat and I just leave everything there, um, it is, so calming for me, especially at the end when you get to Savasana and you're laying there and I take, you know, heated classes. So I'm all sweaty and it's a challenge and I have to get out of my head and out of my way in the class. And it is just the best calming feeling at the end of a really steamy class where I can just sort of melt away. And I think that's the the most beautiful thing that I tell people about yoga is that It doesn't matter if you're flexible or if you're good at it or if you're awkward or you think everyone's looking at you, which they're not, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Unless you're really good, then maybe they're watching you because they want to see what's possible. But no matter where you're at, like the whole thing about yoga is that you come and you get on your mat and you have to focus on your breath. You have to focus on your movement. And so it eliminates you to be able to even focus on your to-do list or the things you're worried about or all that stuff that we just obsess about in our minds, especially anyone that's dealt with addiction. We have obsessive minds and you check that at the door when you get to yoga. And it is a practice of being fully present. There's no time to worry about anything because you're moving and you're breathing and it's like, it's your time. (laughs) So that's like, obviously my my number one like biggest go-to um Um, I wanted to just to chime in so that when I met you at she recovers in New York um at the beginning of May and I was you know anxious going into that event and there was yoga with um Taryn Strong and Elena Brower on Sunday so good it was so good and I was super excited to take the class you know I do yoga a half a dozen times a year and (laughs) I should do it more I don't um that'll be my 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 teacher right I need to figure out how to incorporate some things that will calm me down in my life what I wanted to share was that going into that weekend I was so nervous and I got the new cute yoga pants and I packed my yoga mat and I got there early because Natalie wanted to be up front you know so okay we got it all (laughs) situated and you walk in and I wanted to chat with you more the weekend we never quite got the chance but I, I watched you walk in very elegantly, you're tall, and you just walk in and you lay down a towel, uh, like look like a hotel towel. I didn't even have a mat. Yeah. <laughs> you laid this out and you like set your stuff down, and I looked over at you and I was like, "That is a yogi." <laughs> like she, she just. Thank you. Yeah, and I thought all the stuff I worried about and bringing my cute mat and got my cute pant doesn't matter. Like, and I know that, but I was just feeling so anxious about being around all the people and in a class with those two teachers. And you just showed me. And then I think I walked over and said, hello. And then I went back to my mat and I was like, she just used a hotel towel and I didn't have to stress about the overhead bin and sneaking it through that I was carrying too many things. And it was knocking everybody around when we're, you know, in the airport. Okay. I need to just less is more. Carly is my teacher today. So I want to know I got I learned from those two ladies, but I learned from you too that class. Yeah, I um, I'll tell you yoga has really helped me to just like not stress and not sweat. 
kind of like the small stuff and to just let just go. grab a hotel of, towel. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't have a freaking mat. Oh, well, I'll just do a towel. I'm I loved it. You were very yeah, helpful to me. So I, I wanted so to let you know that. Thank you for sharing that because <laughs> I didn't even realize, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I was just like, cool, an opportunity to do yoga. And I was like super excited to practice with Taryn and Elena Brower of oh, Swoon. Right. And, um, yeah, for me, it was kind of like more about the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think once you can sort of shift your mindset into the experience of yoga instead of like what it looks like and even what it feels like, then it's a whole different ball game, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. What's, yeah. what's number two? Um, number two for me for calmness is definitely prayer. Mm. Um, and I... I don't have like a set in stone appointment for prayer. Um, and this is kind of what I tell people too. It's like when I feel myself like worrying or feeling anxious or just like I have something going on, if in the moment I think of it, I will like stop, drop and pray. Um, or just in the morning or maybe in the shower or, you know, I really just try to pray for guidance and for surrender the things that I know I can't control or that I need help with, or maybe somebody who's on my heart that I just, you know, want to pray for. So every time I pray, I have a sense of calmness afterwards. It is such an experiential thing. And, and that's kind of what I tell people too, because I'll, I'll have people contact me like, well, how do I get faith? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's not, it's not quite that easy. It's, um, it's just, (laughs) Once you start to have a spiritual experience, it, it's a feeling, you know, it's like when that song comes on the radio and you get tears in your eyes or you mm-hmm. hear something and you, your hairs stand up and you have the chills like that's faith, like that's a spiritual experience. And I feel that way when I pray. And that is so calming. And it's so it's kind of like a, it's just a relief where I'm like, OK, I just set that down over there and I'm probably going to pick it up 50 more times, but for right now it's over there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like that. I love that because you're right. If you, if you, I try to tell that to people too. If you try to put too many rules around it, Mm -hmm. you're less likely to do it and then you're not getting the benefit from it. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I, I do love meditation when I actually like make myself do it. And that's something I want to strive for because I think meditation and prayer go hand in hand. Um, Like I think prayer is when you talk to God or higher power, universe, whatever it is for for you. And I think meditation is when you hear back. Right. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So that's a big one. All right. So what's your last one? My last one, which is kind of a newer thing for me, is essential oils. I am like obsessed with them. I've I've spent an absurd amount of money on oils in the last year. And um, actually, Taryn and Elena uh, are the ones that introduced me to them. And um, it's just, it's so awesome. Like when I'm needing some calmness, maybe I'll use some lavender or maybe I'll just put something in my diffuser. Like I love bergamot is another one of my favorite ones. I've been using like geranium and frankincense on my face and peppermint in my mouth. And like when I'm <laughs> woken up or uh, need my breath refreshed and 
there's something about them where it's just the scent um, and knowing how pure that they are that really can kind of transform your mood. And um, yeah, so those, I'm still learning about them, but um, definitely really big part of my toolbox, especially right now. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm learning too, um, slowly. Yeah, like I'm everything. As well. <laughs> like everything. Yeah, exactly. So oh. just, just play around with them and have fun and smell them and see what they feel like and do. And, um, and then it's cool to be able to share them with other people. Like I went home to visit my parents right after she recovers actually. Cause I was like, I can't go to the East coast and not go to Florida. And my dad always kind of has issues with sleeping and I put him started using, uh, I gave him vetiver to start using. And I was like, just put a little uh, lotion in your hands and put some vetiver in it and then rub it on the soles of your feet and wouldn't you know, he started sleeping better. And so, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love all three, Carly. It seems like, and I'm just looking at this on the list, I jotted them down. So all three can be done any way that you want to do it. Yeah. Yoga, no prayer, way. essential oils. You've just shared some things that can be adaptable and people can switch it up and not be afraid to start. Yeah, no rules at all. And yeah. um I think with yoga, I get a lot of the times, well, I'm scared. What if people are watching me? I'm so awkward. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not flexible. And I just always have to remind people that, like, people are not watching you. Unless you're really good. They're just not. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not. I'm only watching the teacher. Yeah. Unless you're just bossing through everything. Someone might look at you if you're in an inversion or something. But for the most part, everybody else is having an experience on their mat and they can't even see you. So don't let that for any of your listeners be a barrier to entry because it, it really can be such a beautiful practice. And it's, it's, you know, um, one of my mentors here that actually leads Silence of Asana, his name's Dre Gardner. He always says, yoga is a work in, not a work out. And if oh, I could I change that. the name of yoga, it would be called yuga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. I like that a lot. Oh, thank you so much, Carly. Thank you for thank coming you, on. Yeah, and I look forward to taking yoga with you out there. Oh, no, you really are making me want to go to Vegas. I, you guys <laughs> both are welcome to come anytime. I will show you what this city is all about when it comes to yoga, health, and wellness. And um, road trip. Having conscious experience. <laughs> yes, come anytime. You are totally welcome. And thank Yay. you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being brave and making your podcast and making your art and sharing it and, you know, creating this outlet for people to understand that I think there is a, a strong marriage between recovery and creativity. And mm-hmm. once you unlock that, man, that's yeah. when miracles happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Carly. Have a great, wonderful day. You too. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Fagiri. Thanks for listening.